All right, everyone, welcome back to episode 42 of Ancient Ways for Modern Days. I am Andrew, and with me, as always, is Mike Freeman. And today, we have a lot to talk about since Thanksgiving is, you know what, by the time this drops, it's going to be like four days from from the Monday this drops. Yeah. So, but you know what, Um, I thought it would be good to kind of speak to the the atmosphere of, of... our city, I guess, or maybe even our county and our, our state for those of us who live in Washington right now. Um, we know this is a hard time for a lot of people because as of, what was it, Monday midnight, uh, we have entered into four-week shutdown. A four-week shutdown. And there are a lot of thoughts and feelings that go around that. And so I thought, Mike, I thought it would be good since we are the pastors of this church to maybe speak in to that just a little bit. Yeah, we just, we just want people to know that um, we, we, we are praying for you. And uh, for those at Valley, you're being prayed for. For those maybe that are listening that are not connected to Valley, I, I want you to know we care for you. And if you're listening to this and you're, you know, you're, you're locked in and you're shut in and you're kind of stressed in or you're kind of uh, worried or anxious, I just want you to know you're not alone. You, know, you can reach out to us through lots of different ways, through Facebook, through, um, I mean, most people in Valley know how to get a hold of you or I directly. Right. There's our church office, our phone number, all that stuff. And you know, I just want people to know if you have a need, you're not alone and we'd be happy to be there for you. Even a phone call, you know, that can go a long way, especially if you're not going out or seeing anyone. Yeah, 100%. Uh, odds are, if you're listening to this and you're from Valley, uh, you probably are listening to this from the website, and you'll probably see on the lower right-hand corner of the screen of that website, you have the opportunity to connect with us right there. So again, if you have a need, if you have a prayer request, we'd love to hear from you. We are praying for you. And you know, I want to encourage anyone who maybe is doing well during this time to, to help your neighbor, to think about others, and to um, do what you can to care, mm-hmm. to care for one another. Because this, regardless of whatever circumstances we're finding ourselves in right now, we, we need each other. We need to, we need to be family. So, all right. With that said, Mike, actually that goes into kind of a, a good kind of a reality check or a gut check, or just a good reminder of this idea of gratitude. You, you came prepared today, man, you, you wanted to talk about gratitude. And I, I thought maybe it had something to do with just the holidays, but you know what? Talking about gratitude is a Christian thing. It's not just a holiday thing. It's something that we need to be practicing um, all of our lives. Oh man, you're you're preaching now. Am I? Oh, a little you know. bit. No, uh, no, you're you're exactly right. Um, holidays, Thanksgiving, it's a time to examine gratitude, and, and if if we're expressing it, if we're thankful in our lives. Um, and so this is an appropriate conversation right now. It's timely, yeah. but this is not the only time and we should be grateful year round. But here's the deal. I think that, uh, I guess if we're going to jump into this conversation. I think this has been a, a year where it's been really easy not to be grateful. Yeah. And I think this has been a year that it's, it's demonstrated that in the human, like just in the person of a human, right? Uh, gratitude, it, it's not natural. Um, it's, for those who are Christians, gratitude should be something growing in us. But but for the average ordinary person who's outside of Christ, they actually live in this um, spiritual ecosystem that is defined in part by by a lack of gratitude. You know, Paul describes this actually that, that we are in an age of ungratefulness. You know, we're we're. It's funny. Last uh, weekend, I preached on the end times and yeah. and kind of the the millennium and whatnot. But but we are in, however you look at it, we are in the end times. We are in this this time after Christ's ascension that we are waiting for His return. 
And so these are uh, characterized as being the last days. And Paul talks about this in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. And he, he goes further into it, but I'm going to stop after verse 2. He says, but understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. Can I, can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> it's yeah. been a challenging year for sure. But, but then he says this. He says, this is what makes it difficult. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud arrogant, abusive, disobedient parents. I mean, these are, these are high sins, right? And then he says this, ungrateful. In this list of sins uh, that characterize the fallen humanity that live outside of God's grace in the end times, in that list of these high sins is that word ungrateful. It just shows we live in a world that is, it's defined by a lack of gratefulness. And uh, this isn't just um, a, a secular issue. This is actually a worship issue. It is, yeah. This, this lack of gratefulness is, is really a chief sin against God. If we layer it a little bit more in gratitude, it's actually a worship issue because Romans one twenty one it says this. It says, for although they, this is all of humanity, they knew God, they did not honor him as God, this is worship, or give thanks to him. See, worship and gratitude, they're put in the same tier. They're on par with each other. It says, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Now, we can spend a lot of time just going down a lot of different paths talking about the reality of this age. But what I want us to see here is it, gratitude, it's, it's, it's not natural. It, ingratitude actually is. We live in an age where the common sentiment is, I'm going to be ungrateful. Yeah. We live in an age where we don't honor God. The world as a whole does not honor God, which means because we don't honor God, because much of the world doesn't acknowledge God, that means that we're not living in gratitude to God. Um, and so that that boils down to our everyday ordinary lives, to our relationships, to, to this reality that the default voice for most people, and, and unfortunately for, for many Christians, the default voice is the voice of complaining. Mm-hmm. I mean, how often is it when you ask someone how they're doing and maybe the very first thing out of their mouth or before too long, what ends up happening in that conversation is they start giving you their list of things that they're upset about or that they're complaining about, right? Does that happen to you? It happens all the time, right? You either, if you ask someone how they're doing, Either they lie. I'm fine. Like, I'm fine. And they don't <laughs> want to talk about X, yeah. Y, or Z. Or it becomes kind of like a me show. And then and I, I don't want to put down anyone who genuinely shares, right? It's different. There's, there's, there are people who genuinely share, and I want to know. I always want to know. But then there are other people who all they do, and they're known for, is just whining and complaining. And there's a laundry list of ailments they're dealing with, financial things they're dealing with, dramatic things are happening on happening in other someone else's life, but for some reason they've taken ownership of it. It's just complaining. Yeah. Yeah. You make a good distinction. And we're supposed to bear each other's burdens and we should have people that we share our, our difficulties with, but the tone and the attitude that come out uh, uh, is very different between someone who's saying, I'm really struggling with this. 
versus I'm just going to complain and I want you to listen to me. I mean, that person, I've seen it in churches. It's like they can they, they can part the Red Sea because yeah. <laughs> they walk into a room and, and you see people kind of just a, a, avoid them yeah. <laughs> because they yeah. know, everyone knows that this is someone who's going to complain. And, and the reality is that's the default voice for, for most people. And it's even worse because, you know, when I worked at Albertsons, we would gather in the break room and that's where we would complain about the management. Right. Right. But now the new water cooler, the new break room is social media. It is. And, you know, I, I was thinking about how easy it is for people to pile on because because social network is so connected you can have i, I feel like even christians i feel like we used to lead the way during these months of of the holidays during thanksgiving there used to be a lot more people who would write you know go through the days of thanksgiving like they would say day what is it today 19 or whatever this is the 19th thing i'm grateful for no one's doing that this year i've only seen maybe one or two people instead i see people complaining and then not just complaining but piling on and just continuing to just run down this road of ungratefulness, which honestly is just toxic. It's toxic for our souls. It's, it's not helping. And, and the biggest complaint, I mean, we live in such a politically charged age. So much of the complaining is po- politics, right? Yeah. I see people complaining about Trump and I see people complaining about Inslee. And it's like, I don't like this person and I'm just going to air it out. Yeah. And I'm going to be offended and I'm going to complain. So that's, that's the default voice, but that, the, the second part of that then is our default view is, is entitlement. We, we feel, part of why we complain, part of why we're ungrateful is we feel like we deserve more than we have. Mm-hmm. We, we are entitled to expect that other people do what we want them to do and to serve us or to you know, care for us or to treat us in certain ways that we want them to treat us. And this really is, man, this is a major issue, the idea of entitlement. Yeah. Um, when, when someone's entitled, it, it, it's like their view, their perspective is completely skewed. And so they can't be grateful. They can't look at the, the blessings. They can't see the silver linings. All they see is what they don't have and what they want. And, and that comes across, right? I mean, and, and I've been there. I, yeah. I, I've acted with entitlement I think before. we all have, yeah. And so this is... This is ingratitude and it's a worship issue. In fact, that word ingratitude, you know, if you think about a person who expresses ingratitude, they're, they're actually called an ingrate. I mean, that's like a, that's a slam. You, you, you ingrate, mm-hmm. but what, are, what is that term really referring to as a person who goes through life not seeing what they have to be grateful for, not expressing that gratitude. And this really, man, this is a spiritual issue. And uh, if, if I was to press it a little bit deeper, I'd say when, when you're ungrateful, that, that actually reveals something about your faith. When you are entitled and when you complain, that actually reveals something about your faith, even when life is really difficult. I read today um, a quote by a professor, his name's Dr. Owen Strand, and he says, dear Christian, he says, God often supercharges our spiritual growth by not giving us what we want. All right, time out. When we don't get what we want, how how do we usually respond? Complaining Complain. or being entitled, That's right. right? But he goes on. He says the key differentiator between, or this is the key differentiator between God-centered faith and self-entitled deism. He says how you respond to not getting what you want, it actually reveals the object of faith that you have. It actually, it, it, it kind of takes the 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 curtain Away and it shows here's what my faith is really in. 
And so if our faith is in what he calls this self-entitled deism, then, then when we don't get what we want, we complain. God's not coming through. And so what that does is that it reveals that we have an idol or we've created a false God too. Because in that sense, we have created like a cosmic Santa Claus that we think is there to give us the things that we want because we, we deserve it and that we're good people. That we always come and when we pray, we just bring him a, a laundry list of wishes and hopes and dreams. And if he doesn't give this to us, well, then we're mad at God. Yep. And that reveals that we we're worshiping a false God. That's right. Uh, did we talk about moralistic therapeutic deism last week? We did in the trainings that we did, but okay, we didn't but, talk but about not it on the podcast. podcast. Right. I mean, you and I've talked about this a number of times, but this really is what it reveals is this idea that, that God is, um, God is distant, that God's not near. Mm-hmm. And, and so God, he sets the world in the motion. And now God, what he really exists for is first of all, he wants me to be a good person. Second of all, he wants me to be happy. So that's moralistic, therapeutic, mm-hmm. and then deism. He's disconnected from things. And, and that, you know, as long as I'm a good person, then, you know, everyone in the end will go to heaven. That, that's this idea of moralistic, therapeutic deism. And then how we respond to not getting what we want oftentimes reveals, is that our God? Or the other thing is a God-centered faith. A God-centered faith says, I trust in God's sovereign will, even when it's mysterious. And when I don't get my way, I'm still going to be grateful to God for everything he's provided. This means really what we're saying is, is the best kind of gratitude. It is a, it's a supernatural gratitude. It's an ad, it's a gratitude that reflects this, this worldview, this belief that knows who God is as he's revealed himself to be in the world and in his word. And so when you talked earlier, you said that gratitude is, is not a holiday issue. It's a Christian issue. And there's a, There's lots of passages on this, but Colossians chapter three, verse 15 just states this so clearly. Why don't you read it for us? Yeah, it says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Mm -hmm. Now this is the peace of Christ ruling in your hearts is is what what leads to the result of gratitude, right? Mm -hmm. And so this actually says that, that to be, a Christian who is grateful means you have to be a a Christian, right? And so to be a Christian means you've trusted in in the gospel, right? So how how do you have the peace of Christ ruling your heart? If someone's listening today, Andrew, and and they're like, I don't know if I have the peace of Christ ruling in my heart. What is square one? What is step number one for, for the peace of Christ to rule in someone's heart? Accepting the gospel. It's, it's knowing that you are a sinner saved by grace and repenting mm-hmm. and it's connecting with Christ in that. Yeah. Yeah. So when someone says, I, I need to be saved, I need, I need to trust in Jesus that he lived a perfect life. He died to pay the price for my sins, was buried, resurrected, and now rules and reigns. When you trust that, not only are you saved, but now, now you can have this peace of Christ rule in your heart. It gives you a peace no matter what's happening in life. And then the result is, and be thankful. It's, it's this thankfulness that, that you offer to God, the thankfulness that you walk through life with. Um, go ahead. So, yeah. So with that, I mean, we're, we're saying a lot here. And one thing that we need to stress then is that when, when we talk about God not giving us what we want and revealing in our hearts, if depending on how we respond, that we may worship a false God, that we may worship a, I said earlier, a cosmic Santa Claus that we've created in the image of our own minds. 
what we're talking about then is that it's a supernatural thankfulness that we thank God for not giving the things that, that we were wanting. It's because in that moment, we're trusting him. We're trusting in him in his sovereignty. We're trusting him in his wisdom. We're trusting him in the plan that he has. Because by getting mad at him, we're actually saying that, God, you, you don't know what you're doing. You don't trust. Him. And so that's no wonder you're not going to like be peaceful at this. You're at odds with God from, from a very core issue. That's right. And so at this, the Christian who is grateful isn't just grateful when good things are happening. He's also grateful when negative things or bad things are happening too. So we're, we're, we're not talking about um, the pop cultural, hey, just be positive. Just, ha- just have good vibes, right? Because that's, when I talk to people about that kind of stuff, that's living in denial. Right? I, just, just yesterday I was talking to someone and they were sharing with me like, well, because there's all these negative people in their life, they had to just cut them out because they don't need those negative vibes in their life. And there's a part of me that understands why you would do that. But there's also another part of me that's like, but is your positivity, is your gratitude so fragile <laughs> that you can't endure like the hardships of other people? I, man, I, I love Jesus and Jesus endured and he gives me the strength to continue to connect and walk with others. I don't understand. Like, it just doesn't seem healthy to me to be able to just cut someone else out of your life just because you want to be quote unquote positive because that's not a positive thing. Yeah. I mean, if you're following Christ, Christ is the ultimate example and we were toxic toward Christ in our sin and in our treason and in our rebelliousness and in our just outright hatred of him in our sinfulness, right? Yeah. And he had every right to cut us out of our, his life, but he didn't. He entered in and he, he died. He, he carried our sins to the cross, right? So as believers, I, I believe that we, we follow that example of Jesus. Now, are there situations that you, you've got to be really wise and, and maybe you should have some distance? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for but, sure. But I think this default, like, you know, oh, you know what? Someone, they just, you know, because of the way they talk, I'm, I'm, they're toxic and I can't have them in my life. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Let's suffer for the gospel right. by entering into difficult relationships and loving people where they are, because that's usually how that person ends up changing. Right. You know? Yeah. And so I think it's important that we draw this distinction as we talk about what it means for us to be grateful. Because that's not we're not asking people to be positive. We're not asking people to 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 just look at the happy go lucky aspects of life. Like a couple of years ago, I don't know if, if the people who are listening are big like Christian music fans, but uh, do you remember the Newsboys? Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever listen to that song? Wherever we go, that's where the party's at. I do not remember. It that is a song. terrible song. It is a song about Christians, how everywhere they go, the birds are chirping, the bees are buzzing. It's just rainbows and sunshine everywhere. And there was a part of me that was like, maybe if you're a newsboy, but that doesn't seem to be the situation for like Christians in China. Yeah, That seems like this this really weird self-denial world. But we're saying like the world is painful and it hurts, but God is still good. And we can rejoice in that because our God is sovereign and he has a plan and he... He is good. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about a song also. Um, my song's in our notes. Oh, okay. Maybe we should post that song also. I want to check it out. Oh, okay. I got to see it. But, right. uh, you know, this time of year, thankfulness always is on our mind. And in this idea of, of having thankfulness to God or being thankful, I just think about that. I think it's a Don Moan song. Um, and it talks about give thanks from a grateful heart. And uh, it's really just a simple, sweet uh, melody, and it's not typically the kind of music I'll listen to day in and day out, but this time of year, I cannot get it out of my mind. And in fact, you and I, we were talking about it. You know this song. I do, yeah. In Vietnamese. 
I do. Well, so, I, I remember hearing it. Yeah. You, you grew younger. up listening to it in Vietnamese, which is right. really cool. Um, but, but the whole point of this is to, to be thankful. To, to be thankful. Why? Because in Christ, we have an undeterred gratitude. Because of who Christ is and what he's done, we, we as believers can be grateful always in everything. In fact, that's what Thessalonians says. First Thessalonians 5.8 says, give thanks in all... 518. 5.18. 5.18, excuse me. 5.18, in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I love passages like this because when someone says, hey, Mike, what's, uh, what's God's will for my life? You know, they're trying to figure it out. I know God's will for your life. I know God's will for your life, Andrew. I know good, oh, God's really? will for, uh, for our listener's life. And, and it's... Unfortunately, it's not who you're going to marry or, you know, God's will for your life is to be grateful, yeah. to be thankful. It says in all circumstances, in all circumstances. Yeah. Um, so let's be real for a minute. Uh, 2020, are you grateful for it? <laughs> can we be, can we be thankful for the circumstance of, of 29 or 2020 and COVID-19 um, and this is where I think I, I've heard it said before, a mature believer can hold two emotions or two thoughts at once. Mm -hmm. You can lament evil and suffering. And at the same time, you can be grateful. Yeah. The, you, those are not mutually exclusive, especially as believers. We can grieve sin. We can grieve suffering. We can lament the hurt and the pain that, that is in our world today, not just with COVID-19, but when, when sinful people do sinful things, like we, we can lament and grieve that. At the same time though, we, we can hold firm to this, this posture of, of gratitude because of who Christ is and, and what he's done. Can we, can we just kind of walk through a few things with that because I, I was thinking like, you know, I, I could sit here and think about, you know, 2020 and what am I grateful for? And I'm grateful for a lot of the positive things that happened. But as I have, and actually we, we even did a podcast uh, about, you know, some of the good things that are happening here during 2020 a couple months ago. But there are times even now I'm sitting here thinking about like, you know what? I'm actually, I am thankful for some of the hard things that have happened in this. I think about, I think about early on for us as a church, when we had to do some remote s s services and when we had to like figure out how to do that, we came together as a team and the people who came together, man, we built a brotherhood that we haven't had before that because we needed to co coordinate and connect the fellowship that we have in the people who serve that is something greater than we've had in the past. Even now, technologically speaking, we've had, to, we were pushed to the brink to figure things out. So, that, you know, when, when we go back to, Normal times, hopefully, we, we actually are more prepared to now to minister to more people because we understand the technology that we have even now. There are people who, in the midst of these dark times, have found callings in their life. They said, you know what? Now that I see in this darkest moment, this is, this is where I fit in in the puzzle. You know, I see that happening. For, for youth ministry, our youth ministry team, as we've banded together and figured out how do we love and care with these kids, I've watched adults take their, their issues, their things of their philosophies, how we should do things, and just put it aside and realize and wake up and realize, like, kids matter. So I'm not talking about like, oh, man, you know, I've, got, I've, I've had so much extra time to play the new Spider-Man game or the PlayStation 5 is out. Like, oh, man, I'm grateful for these things. Those are cool things that have happened if you're a gamer. But in the midst of struggle, God is in control and he's doing things and he's revealed things, even in my own heart that I have had to be repentant of this last year, which has only been a good growth period for myself. So I, I guess I just want to keep hammering this idea that like 
gratitude in all circumstances is what we're, is what we're shooting for. You know, when you have, uh, you seen people on their deathbed who for years have been, um, separated from family and it, 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 you know, at odds with people. And you see those moments when someone comes to the end of their life and that they seek forgiveness or they grant forgiveness and people are reconciled. Uh, you find an incredible gratitude, even in the, the tragedy of death. Yeah. When you, when you step back from any situation and are willing to put your eyes on God, you're able to see that God is, he is working in the mess and in the murkiness of life. He is working in the pain and whatever problems you're facing. And, and because of that, you can have gratitude no matter what. And this is one of those um, very uh, kind of like uh, coffee cup verses, t-shirt verses, but Romans 8.28, it says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. This is true of you, believer. If you are in Christ, this is talking about you. It says two descriptions. It says those who love God, and then it it modifies it or clarifies it. And it says those who are called according to his purpose. Those aren't two separate groups of people. Those are one and the same. If God has called you according to his purpose, that means you are in Christ, that you have trusted him as savior. That means you, because of his great love for you, you love him. And here's what it says. It says that, that God is going to work all things together for good. Now, we have to always labor to define what good is because mm-hmm. good is not a pay raise and a clear, clear bill of health and a happy go lucky lifestyle. Good, good isn't necessarily the newsboy song that you talked about earlier, right? Definitely is not. <laughs> good is first of all, seen in light of eternity. Yes. You will, even if you go through the most heinous of life situations here on earth, you have the goodness of the glory of God for all of eternity waiting for you. That is good. You have the goodness of your sanctification happening right now as you go through difficulties. If you are going through an unfair situation, if you are being falsely accused, if you are being attacked and belittled, if you are being persecuted and discriminated against, if you are facing all of those terrible, wrong, and evil situations, yet your eyes are on Christ through all of it, guess what? Your character is being forged and you are going to come out of it as the man of God or woman of God who reflects Christ way more clearly, way more brightly than you ever did before. That is good. That, that, is a, that is a real goodness. And so this good is eternal, but this good is also internal. He's working in you to make you become more like Christ. And so the result is when you go through terrible situations, I think of Job one twenty one. Job is a man who had everything stripped from his life. Wealth, family, relationships, health, all of it. And he says, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He worships. He worships in the lowest moment. See, this supernatural gratitude that we're talking about, this is a gratitude that is unshakable. Amen. Because it's flowing from a kingdom that's unshakable. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 28 and 29. Why don't you read that for us? Yeah, it says... uh Therefore, 
Let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Hmm. So much to be said here, but but I want to start by just recognizing no one, if you are in Christ, no one can take you from Christ and no one can take Christ from you. I mean, we, we live in a world right now where there's conversations about our, our liberties or our freedoms being taken from us. Maybe they'll all go away. For, for those who hold tightly to religious liberty, maybe your religious liberties, ours will be taken away and we won't be able to gather as a church in the future. For those who are big on their, their Second Amendment right and gun rights, maybe your guns will be taken away from you or at least attempted to be taken away from you from, from what I've seen on Facebook, right? Maybe those will be gone. Guess what? No one can take Christ from you and no one can take you from Christ. Amen. You, you are part of an unshakable kingdom. Even if America, even if our foundations are shaken to the core and what emerges is completely different than what we've known for hundreds of years, Right? You are part of an unshakable kingdom, right? And, and that, that changes the way we approach our difficulties. That changes the way we approach our life. That means that instead of complaining, we talked about that earlier, right? That's our default. Our default voice is complaining. Instead of complaining, we can be content. You, you, you have a contentment in Christ that you, you, are, you are secure. That means instead of being entitled, you can be encouraged, instead of saying, well, I'm not getting what I want, and so I'm going to be entitled and grumpy. No, if you don't get what you want, you can be encouraged that you are part of this unshakable kingdom. And, and that actually does something internally. Um, one scientist, he talks about the benefits of gratitude and how gratitude actually works inside of us. I mean, if we're going to be grateful, that's what that says, let us be grateful for receiving this kingdom. Um, Robert Edmonds, he says that gratitude, it actually, it blocks what he calls toxic emotions, such as envy, resentment, regret, and depression, which can destroy our happiness. He says, it's impossible to feel envy and grateful at the same time. I would add, it's impossible to feel entitled and grateful at the same time. And if if you choose to be grateful, you no longer have to have this entitlement going around in you. And uh, in this passage in Hebrews, it circles back from gratitude to to worship, just like we saw in Romans one twenty one, how honoring God and being thankful are linked. Being grateful leads to worship. It says, "And thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God mm-hmm. is a consuming fire." Amen. Um, you know, worship. We think about what singing. We think about lifestyle. We think about choosing to honor God and in, in the moments when no one sees, and that's worship. Uh, one way to think about it is is worship is doing what pleases God and being pleased by what God does. God's a consuming fire. One day he will he will have the ultimate consummation of all things and he'll be seen as God forever and ever. And so that's what worship looks like. God, I, I am thankful. I'm grateful for everything you do. Um, that, that's very different than being entitled. It is. You know, this conversation reminds me of the series we we just finished the fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of this is, this is an opportunity. Cause if you, if you're listening right now and you, you're just feeling that, that, that pressure in your chest and your heart, that conviction, like, man, I have not been grateful. Odds are, odds are that there is, um, God is speaking to your heart right now that he wants to uncover like a root 
of, of sin in your life. And it's not the idea of like, oh, now you're a terrible person. I mean, we all are. But like, but it's, it's that there's an opportunity here to lean into repentance and to feel the joy and to, 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 in the gratefulness of the gospel. Um, I would point, if you have an opportunity to, and if you want to know more about that or just walk through this opportunity of repentance, to go back and maybe listen to the, uh, the Fruit of the Spirit series. Because even this year, 2020 is a constant challenge of our idols. Do you feel frustrated? Do you feel ticked off? You know what? Those are emotions that, that, that are a part of us. But if you dwell on some things and, you, and you're just complaining over and over and over again, and you're just in a, a spiral of um, just anxiety and, and frustration, you know what? This very well could be a cleansing year where God is trying to capture your heart to re- show you the idols you have in your own life. So that you can admit to those, repent of those, and then step into this supernatural gratefulness. Man, you, you make me think about just the difference between a, a Christian and a secular worldview, right? Because as believers, you, you know, you talked about, oh, it's not just like you're a terrible person, but but you are. What the Christians, we we understand that, that we are fallen, yeah. that we are sinners, that that we are we're bad. Mm-hmm. And that's the Christian worldview that says, I need, I need Jesus to save me from that. The secular worldview, they actually, they come about it from the completely different other end of the spectrum. They say mankind in his very core is good. And that's where you get this complaining. Well, if I'm good, then I, you know, I should have this and this and this. That's where you get the entitlement. Well, if I'm good, then I deserve to be served in this and that. I mean, in fact, you know, that, that phrase, sometimes you see on social media and sometimes you hear in conversations, you deserve this, Jeez. right? Yeah. What is that coming from? Well, because you're a good, yeah. you're a good person. And so in the core of you, this, well, what do we deserve? We deserve God's wrath and what we've been given is God's grace. Right. And so this really, this is the very core. This is a worldview uh, perspective issue. And if you're a believer in Christ, maybe part of it is to be called out of that that faulty worldview, that secular worldview where you, you're living for self and you think you're a good person and you're entitled to this and that. I deserve this. No, no, no. Maybe instead of thinking about what you deserve, we should be thinking about what we're grateful for. That's right. It goes a long way in changing a soul. Um, now, I want to I get practical before we conclude because there's going to be people that are, some people are gathering for Thanksgiving. Some people are not. Right. And I, I recognize that some people are vulnerable. Some people, they just want to rebel. And so they're going to have big parties. I, I get all that. Right. Um, but if we're going to let Thanksgiving be a day where we grow in gratitude, that really is a day of, of thankfulness. I have a few suggestions, some things that I've seen done that I've done over the years that I want to offer. The first is for those who are gathering with friends or family for Thanksgiving. If that's you, you know, it, it's really easy to, you know, give thanks and then eat. But one of the things that'd be kind of cool to do is before you pray to just sit at the table and have everyone go around and share what's, what's one thing you're thankful for, for this year. And just to verbalize that together as a group of people is a really fun thing. My family, we've done it where we've gone around a few times. Um, you know, you don't want to go down around too many times because you don't want the food to get cold. You know what I mean? But, uh, but it's, it's, it's an incredible experience as you start to share what you're grateful for. Or maybe another thing you can do is um, I was talking to one person, they're having a very small gathering. Um, they're trying to be respectful of whatever kind of mandates are out there. And, yeah. and uh, maybe you just have, you know, a piece of paper with every person's name written at the top. And sometime throughout the course of the, the meal or whatnot, you just take uh, time to pass those sheets of paper around the table. And so if I get your sheet, 
And it says, Andrew at the top, I write down why I'm grateful for you. You know, I'm, I'm grateful for you, Andrew, because you always have my back because I can bounce ideas off of you because you remind me of what I need to do to take care of myself. All these lists of reasons why I'm thankful for you. And those are all true, by the way. I really oh, am thanks. grateful for you. Um, you pass those around and when they get back to the person who owns it, they've got, you know, a handful of really compliments and, and people expressing their gratitude. You can even include a sheet that why well, I'm grateful for Christ. And at the end, you can read out loud why everyone's grateful for Christ. I mean, this is a way to just layer in like a, a true expression of gratitude beyond we're going to have some turkey and some stuffing and some yams, right? right. Although right. we're grateful for those, right? Yeah. If, you, if you're not gathering with people, you can also be grateful and you can express that gratitude. What if you, you know, bought a pack of 10 thank you cards mm -hmm. and you spent some time on Thanksgiving Day writing out thank you cards to people or, I mean, that that's... It don't get much better than that, right? It, you know what? I think that would be so appropriate. You, you've really challenged me, and I, I like writing notes to people, and I think I want to do that as part of my own Thanksgiving traditions. Because you know what's interesting is that, in the light of what you just said, we can sit here and think about Thanksgiving's a day of thankfulness, and then culturally we have turned black like the very next day into this day of like selfishness, right? Black Friday sales, people just. The ugliest parts of humanity come out in retail shopping. Contentment versus consumerism. That's right. Yeah. And uh, I, I just think that's so good. And I, I want to encourage people to to participate in the things that you just mentioned because I I love humor. I, I, I struggle. I genuinely struggle with like every moment of my life. I'm always thinking, you know what would make this moment funny? Like I'm always constantly undermining moments. <laughs> like it's just a part of me. And what I've learned is like, you know, sarcasm and trying to one up one, one another is a thing that's really popular in our, our culture right now because we all value the person who can be funny and we're always trying to outdo one another. But what that has done is that it's taken away from sincerity and it's taken away from just genuine caring at times. And I have experienced that like it goes a long way with people. If you can write a genuine thankful note to someone and you just appreciate their existence that goes a long way. So whether that's just, you know, a card like you talked about or some text messages or a Facebook message or whatever, taking the time to thoughtfully do that will, I think it'll be edifying for you and it'll be encouraging for the person who receives that. So maybe people have their own suggestions. We'd love to hear if people have other ways to make the Thanksgiving holiday a time of, of gratitude, yeah. right in, let us know. And, um, but, but, Really, the big point here is is this is a, a core Christian characteristic to, to be grateful, to be thankful, no matter what, in all things, Amen. because because of Jesus Christ yep. and what he's done. Yeah. All right, Mike, I think we've reached the end of, of this week's episode. I think the next time we, uh, we release this is going to be after Thanksgiving. So for everyone listening, and if you've listened to this in time, we hope that you had a great Thanksgiving. There you go. So, Mike, you want to pray for us? Let's do it. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you. We thank you that you were a good father. We th thank you that you sent your son Jesus to be our great savior. And we thank you for your spirit that dwells in us, guiding us in truth, teaching us to obey you, helping us to follow you boldly and in purity. And Lord, we know that your will for our lives is that we are thankful and so, Father, I pray over this next week as we have just a, a great opportunity to express that gratitude, I pray that you would aid us in this. I pray that you would inspire us to greater levels of gratitude. I pray that we would stop and we would reflect on all of the, the reasons we have to be thankful for you, 
to be thankful for the people we have in our lives, even to be thankful for the challenges we face. God, we, we, we do thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.